Welcome to Wild Ideas Worth Living, a show where we talk to experts who've taken a wild idea and made it a reality so you can too. From people who have sailed around the world to those who've started thriving businesses and even broken records, some of the wildest ideas can lead to the most rewarding adventures. I'm your host, Shelby Stanger, and I hope you enjoy this show. This is episode 53 with water fasting and health expert, Dr. Alan Goldhammer. This episode was brought to you by Olakai, a company who puts a ton of time and thought into crafting amazing footwear for men and women. I have a ton of pairs of Olakai sandals and even some of their slip-ons, and I love their shoes because they're all made really well so they don't break down, and they're all stylish so you can wear them with really nice outfits and always to the beach. Olakai was founded to celebrate the aloha spirit and the waterman lifestyle, and they also aim to do a lot of good. They believe that sustainability and positive living is less about an ethos and more about the choices and actions you make every day. One of the best parts is this company is a certified B Corporation, and they do a ton of giving back to communities. They even have their own Ama Olukai Foundation, a nonprofit that helps to preserve the Hawaiian culture and the Hawaiian spirit, which I'm a big fan of considering my grandma lived in the islands. You can check them out and buy an awesome pair of sandals or even some slip-ons or one of their new pairs of boots for yourself or a loved one this season at olukai.com. That's O-L-U-K-A-I, olukai.com. This episode was brought to you by Active Skin Repair. They're a non-toxic, multifunctional skin and wound repair solution that replaces products like Neosporin, tea tree oil, and even hydrogen peroxide all in one solution so you can take less stuff with you on surf trips and adventures. I found this product created by a bunch of biotech guys who also love the outdoors. The active ingredient, Hypochlorous or HOCL, is naturally produced by white blood cells to kill 99% of bacteria within 15 seconds. It also reduces skin inflammation and helps the body heal naturally. The best part is it does it without harsh chemicals or antibiotics. You can use it on sensitive parts, and it's even reef safe and environmentally friendly. The medical team for the World Surf League is using it for reef cuts. Rock climbers are using it for flappers, cyclists for chafing and saddle sores, and even Navy SEALs are carrying it in their pack. To heal faster and go farther... Check them out at bldgactive.com. That's bldgactive.com. Hello, friends. This is a little different from many of my episodes, but with the new year coming up and lots of questions about health, I wanted to talk about water-only fasting and a plant-based, no-sugar-salt-or-oil diet. Fasting is a very wild idea, but at the same time, it's not wild at all because fasting has been around for thousands of years. So to do this podcast, I went to a place called True North Health where there are leaders in the fasting and plant-based health movement. One of the previous and most popular shows I've done all year features David Goldman who worked and did some studies there. True North Health was started by today's guest, Dr. Alan Goldhammer in 1984. Since 84, he and his team have done tons of studies and helped thousands of people regain health through water-only fasting. So as I said, to do this episode, I went there and I did a fast. Five days, water only. 
I was supervised and actually the MD who supervised me got his law degree, then his medical degree from Stanford. He's from San Diego. He was frustrated with Western medicine. So he went into plant-based medicine and he was great. So every day they took my vitals. I also paid like everyone else. It wasn't a freebie because I was doing a podcast on them. But I noticed some interesting results, and I'll talk about this at the end of the show. We did this interview my second day after eating again. In addition to running and starting True North Health, Dr. Goldhammer is a licensed osteopathic physician. He's the author of the Health Promoting Cookbook and the co-author of The Pleasure Trap, Mastering the Hidden Force That Undermines Health and Happiness. We talk about results he's seen from fasting, who can do it, plant-based diets, what it was like to be featured in the movie What the Health, which is really popular and they're featured a lot in it, and how after 30 years, the center has stayed mission-focused. It was a wild idea to start it, so we get into that. Dr. Goldhammer looks extremely young for his age. He's got a ton of knowledge, and he doesn't shy away from a spirited debate. Before we begin, a full disclaimer, this is for information purposes only. Please consult your doctor. This is just a podcast. I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on this podcast. So do your own research. In the outro, I'll talk a little bit about my personal experience. So hang in there. I hope you enjoy this show. Dr. Goldhammer, welcome to Wild Ideas Worth Living. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So it was kind of a wild idea to start True North Health Center. Can you just tell us briefly what it is and what you guys do here? Well, we're a residential health education program, and our focus is on helping people make the diet and lifestyle ch changes that are necessary for them to recover their health. The thing we do, besides teaching people to eat a whole plant food SOS-free diet, SOS, by the way, stands for, well, it's obviously the international symbol of danger, but it also stands for salt, oil, and sugar. So salt, oil, and sugar are chemicals currently people add to their food, not actually food, but they add it to their food that stimulates the dopamine production in their brain and leads them to overeating, and that's why people are fat, sick, and miserable. <laughs> so we teach people to undo the consequences of dietary excess. They develop certain diseases when they overconsume food, like obesity, and they develop cardiovascular disease, including high blood pressure, diabetes, type 2 diabetes, autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis, ulcerative colitis, ankylosing spinalitis, asthma, eczema, psoriasis, and they develop certain types of cancer, including lymphoma. So these are the conditions we most commonly treat because it turns out that by changing the diet, and in our case, we do medically supervised water-only fasting, you can actually allow the body to heal itself and reverse these conditions, get off the medications. Unlike conventional treatment, where if you have high blood pressure and you go to a doctor, they'll give you one, two, three, maybe five medications and tell you that if you do exactly what you're told, they'll promise you, you'll be sick forever, you'll never get well, and you'll be on drugs the rest of your life until you die either from your disease or the consequences of its treatment. Whereas we say, oh no, if you're willing to do dangerous and radical things like eat good, and exercise, and go to bed on time, you can actually get off your medications and recover your health. And so that's what we're about, teaching people that health is a result of healthful living and that healthful living involves controlling diet, sleep, and exercise. And in addition, we use water-only fasting to kind of speed up the transition process to where people will start getting healthier faster than they're getting sick. So to give the audience a little bit of context, I said it a little bit in the intro, but I've been here twice now, and I just completed a five-day water fast. And um, it was hard as heck, but there were people here doing 40-day fast, 20-day fast, looking at me like, 
Oh, you're only doing a five-day fast? But you know, the hardest part of fasting is really those first five days. So in a way, you've done the hardest part of the fast. And fasting can be an intense and miserable experience. But if you have a really good result, it's amazing. People forgive us for that. Yeah, I actually, I mean, the first time I had a little autoimmune condition and it completely cleared up. And now I just feel completely different. And there's a girl here that cured her lymphoma. Someone saw their lymph nodes completely disappear high blood pressure disappeared, and there's really smart people here. Well, you know, if you look at our data, we've published a number of papers in the scientific literature showing that in terms of treating these diseases of dietary excess, our results are second to none. I mean, this is a very effective way in highly motivated patients that are willing to do the hard work that it takes to actually get and stay well. And of course, that's the other problem. They come here, they fast, they get on a good diet, they're doing great, but then they have to go back to the real world. And in the real world, it's designed to give you what you want, not what you need. And what people want is ways to indulge in short-term pleasure-seeking, self-indulgent behavior. And what they need is to learn how to avoid engaging in short-term pleasure-seeking, self-indulgent behavior. And that's the problem is this is not what people want. It's just what they need. So can we break it down? A lot of people, there's just so much information about fasting right now. There's intermittent fasting. There's time-restricted eating. Can you just tell us what you do here as a water-only fast and what that looks like? Well, intermittent fasting is interesting because it is in the in the news right now, and it can be a very interesting tool. One thing about intermittent fasting is basically you're just narrowing the feeding window. So you don't eat before a certain time in the morning. You don't eat after a certain time at night. That gives you maybe 12, 14, 16 hours of fasting every day. I thought that was time-restricted eating, and intermittent fasting was when you like just skipped Fridays. Some Another version of intermittent fasting is where people may reduce total caloric intake to maybe 600 calories a day once or twice a week, when they Got might it. just eat, say, two pounds of salad and two pounds of fruit or whatever, uh, uh, limit their total caloric intake. Some people will do total intermittent fasting where they actually skip eating altogether for a day or two. But typically, if you look at Walter Longo's work and others, these are basically narrowed feeding windows so that people are fasting every day for 16 hours but feeding, hopefully, helpfully, the other eight, or doing limited calorie restriction or severe calorie restriction uh, on an intermittent basis. What we do is a little different, though. It's actual water-only fasting. So our patients are fasting anywhere from 5 to 40 days. So it's not just Moses, David, Elijah, and Jesus that fasted for 40 days. It's you know many of our patients as well. I like to tell them they're, they're in good company. Um, so long-term water-only fasting induces these metabolic changes associated with fasting that we believe are beneficial. And it dramatically, it's like rebooting the hard drive in a computer that's become corrupted. It clears a lot of debris out. And there's a wide variety of things that fasting does clear out. And there's a lot of mechanisms that we think are at play at explaining how it is that fasting can be so effective at making those changes. For example, when people fast, there's biomarkers that you can measure that change. For example, uh, IGF-1, insulin growth factor 1, which is associated with aging and cancer development, whatever, go down dramatically. Interestingly enough, you know what else drops IGF-1? Exercise. BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic uh, factor, which is associated with prevention of Alzheimer's disease in rats, goes up when you exercise or when you fast. And in fact, if you look at all the biochemical parameters associated with exercise, it turns out fasting tends to induce the same changes. And the reason may be, one of the reasons why exercise is so helpful is it helps undo the consequences of dietary excess. And so does fasting. And so now, even though you think like, why would exercise do the same things 
that fasting would do to the body. One, you're not even hardly moving around, and the other one, you're out doing, engaging in vigorous activity. But this possible mechanism, which is reducing the, the, the detrimental changes from having too much, may actually be induced by both. So why would you not just exercise? And well, I think in you know, an ideal world, you would. You would eat a healthy diet, you would exercise vigorously and get enough sleep, and you'd be so healthy you wouldn't have to worry about uh, periodic fasting from a health standpoint. Now, other aspects of fasting come up, though, the moral, ethical, spiritual, emotional. There's a lot of other things that happen. There's a reason why every major religion, from the Jews to the Jains, the Christians, the Buddhists, the Hindus, everybody's got a tradition of fasting. And it does change the way you feel about yourself and the world about you. So there may be a justification for fasting, even if health isn't the limiting factor. I fast every year. I hate fasting. I don't like having to stop exercising and disrupt my schedule. But I do it because I feel like I, even though I eat healthfully all the time, I still get additional benefit, both physically, emotionally, from taking some time off and, and tying that into a fast. So not just treating hypertension that might justify fasting. But from our viewpoint, I would agree with you. Diet, sleep, exercise, these are the foundations of healthful living. If you do that well enough, then fasting may be, you know, a secondary issue. So when you fast, what does that look like? I mean, everybody here, a lot of people who, who listen to this show, they're adventurers, they're athletes, they're extreme, they're great business people. They want to just get into fasting. They think juice fasting is a fast or just eating broth. If you want to try a water fast, like what happens? What does that well, look like? Well, for healthy people that are on a good diet that prep well, not much. It's very boring. You know, nothing really exciting happens be other than uh, potentially the beneficial changes we've discussed. You don't have the healing crisis and the really exciting, interesting rashes and headaches and low back pain and all that kind of stuff. But if you drink coffee and you drink alcohol... Oh, it can be very entertaining. Yeah, there's nothing more interesting than watching a toxic waste dump person come in as they get off all their drugs and their toxic habits and their dead decaying flesh diets and their, all their accumulated intermediary products and metabolism as they process and mobilize those things and the body unwinds. Their mouth coats up and tastes like something crawls in there and dies. They get aches and pains, discharges, all kinds of various interesting symptoms. As the material that are inside the body get mobilized and processed and eliminated. But if you have a person on a really healthy diet, they don't have that much accumulation. And so it's just not that interesting or exciting. But there's a couple things you got to do when you fast, right? Like, no, don't exercise while you fast. Well, water-only fasting is the complete abstinence from all substances except water in an environment of complete rest. And we recommend that that be done under direct medical supervision. The, the intermittent fasting can be done by people on their own. They don't have to see the doctor. But the water-only fasting, first of all, you need a proper medical history exam and laboratory monitoring so you have baseline data. There are things that can happen in fasting, electrolyte issues, all kinds of exciting stuff. You want to make sure that the exciting stuff is good, healing generated by the body and not a problem. And so one of the reasons we've been able to do this so successfully over the last 33 years where 16,000 patients, many very seriously ill, have been able to come in and everybody that's walked in to fast has been able to walk out is because we do follow these protocols. So we do take a proper history, we do an exam, we properly monitor patients twice a day while they're undergoing fasting in an environment where they can get rest. And then most importantly, they terminate their fast appropriately. It takes half the length of the fast of carefully constructed refeeding to get people back to avoid refeeding syndrome and other problems that can occur if you go too rapidly back to food after a period of fasting. This is pretty serious business. And it, when it's done in a controlled setting, it's safe and effective. We've recently completed a safety study that proves that. 
Uh, but it can also get people into pretty deep trouble if they're doing things inappropriately or they're trying to fast on medications or they're trying to fast while they're working or they're trying to fast while they're exercising. Those are not appropriate patterns to do if you want it to be safe and effective. So one of the things you just said is if you fast for 10 days, then you refeed carefully for five days. Under a controlled environment. Yeah. And that's like juice. Well, we start off usually with about 600 calories of fresh either fruit or vegetable juice, depending on the patient's history. And then once that's digesting, then we'll go to fruit and vegetables a whole, and then we'll introduce steamed and vegetables and eventually starches and more concentrated foods, if those are appropriate for the patient, beans, nuts, whatever. But it's always a whole plant food, sugar, oil, salt-free diet. Now, for most people, that would be disgusting, tasteless swill. They couldn't choke it down if they wanted to. But after fasting, the palates reset, and now good foods start to taste good. That's one of the big benefits of fasting, is after fasting, good foods taste good. In fact, that's one sign that people need to fast, is they don't like good food. They don't like whole natural foods. Define sort of what you mean by like whole. Whole natural foods. So fruits, vegetables, whether they be raw or cooked, whole minimally processed grains, so like whole brown rice or quinoa or what have you, beans like lentils or peas, if, if you have the ability to digest those raw nuts and seeds, and that's it. We don't use meat, fish, fowl, eggs, dairy products, oil, salt, and sugar. Basically, I tell patients, look, if you look at it and you think, oh, I might like that, it's pretty much proof positive. You can't have it. So Dr. Goldhammer is just straight man. Um, he says it like it is. So I just want to get back to fasting. One more thing. What are some of the craziest results you've seen from fasting? Well, you know, we recently had a very interesting case that we published in the British Medical Journal. The case wasn't crazy. The fact that they were willing to publish it was. So we had a young woman with follicular lymphoma, which is a serious progressive form of lymph cancer. She'd been undergoing uh, conventional evaluations for two years. Uh, eventually, it got so bad they decided it was time to do chemotherapy. But in lieu of that, she asked her doctor if perhaps maybe dietary change would be helpful. And he assured her that diet had nothing to do with lymphoma. She had inquired about fasting. He suggested that that would be akin to qu criminal quackery. Um, nonetheless, she underwent 21 days of fasting, during which time her tumors disappeared. We refed her, sent her back to the medical school for evaluations, got follow-up CT scans, and confirmed that, in fact, fasting had been effective at managing her lymphoma. Um, at one year, she not only uh, resolved her lymphoma, but had normalized her white counts. She continued to maintain the diet. She continued to maintain her weight. We just got a two-year follow-up on her. She's cancer-free. She continues to live a healthy life, eating a whole plant food, SOS-free diet. And so we submitted to the British Medical Journal, and they actually published the case report, which is amazing. And uh, now we'll be doing a follow-up with them as well. So the fact is that would never have happened 10 years ago. Why? Because 10 years ago, they wouldn't have even read the the uh, uh, case report, let alone actually published it. So, you know, in previous studies we had, we, we found really ridiculous objections from reviewers. Now, fasting's gone from being criminal quackery to cutting edge research. Yeah, so when you started, I, I really, just so you know, we're gonna get back into like exactly what a whole food plant-based diet looks like, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but you know, you had this wild idea to start this center and get people to fast 30 years ago and then introduce whole food, no oil, no sugar, no salt. Yes. And at that time, that was crazy. How, like, how did you get the idea, and, and how did you overcome people just constantly telling you you're crazy? Well, um, originally I wanted to beat Dr. Lyle, our clinical psychologist in basketball, but he was much better than I You wanted to am. beat him? In basketball. He, we always played. It was from fourth grade on. I've known him since I was a child, and he always beat me, awesome. and it was really terrible. I just couldn't stand it, and I practiced, but he practiced. He didn't. So finally I started reading books. I came across Herbert Shelton, I read about fasting and a vegan diet, and I thought, well, maybe that'll give me an edge. 
And I thought, okay, I'll do that diet and then I'll crush him. And of course, the reality was it completely failed because he adopted the same diet to this day. He beats me every time we play. We just played two weeks ago. He He's crushes me. He's taller than you. He's not taller. We're the same height. He is. I got He's 40 skinny. pounds on him. I should be able to beat him. He's too good, but it got me interested in this. And I met a doctor when I was 16, Dr. Benish, who said he had the best job in the whole world because the patients would do all the work, the body would do all the healing, and all he had to do was take credit for the good results. And I thought, that's the job for me. So I decided to go to school and, and do this work from around the time I was around seventh grade. I went to Australia after chiropractic college in the United States. I went to osteopathic college in Australia. I studied with Alec Burton, who is the world's leading expert in the use of fasting. And I was really impressed with seeing one patient after another getting well. My wife, Dr. Morano, and I returned in 1984 to the United States. And for the last 33 years, we've operated the Truman Health Center. That's wild. But people have had to give you kind of heat along the way. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, up till about 10 years ago, the California Board of Medical Quality Assurance said recommending fasting was such a gross violation of the standard of medical practice that arose the level of criminal negligence. I was actually the first person in my family ever to need the services of a criminal defense attorney. But now... Like I said, there's a whole different attitude. And so. I, I've heard you're the doctor for some of these in like pretty high profile plant-based doctors. Okay, so we I won't get, talk about- I see all kinds of patients, but I'm not talking about any of my patients. Okay, I've heard from other people here that he advises some of the top plant-based doctors in the world. And you're just in that movie- We're, where, we're actually the punishment. You understand well, that. <laughs> people like Dr. McDougall, for example, who's very well known, will refer us patients, but he'll actually apologize to those patients. And he'll tell them that, you know, that whatever their condition requires a, a, a little different type of intervention. And he'll like, I'm so sorry to do this to you, but you have to go to the True North yes, Health I've Center. It's it. like, yo, thanks, John. Yeah. If you fail the Google <laughs> program, you get to go to True North yeah, then Health. He, then, he'll, then you get locked up at the True North Health Center. They say it's True North Health Center, the last resort. And you guys were just in the movie, What the Health. I, I yeah. want to talk about that, but let's go to the whole food plant-based diet. What does, what does breakfast lunch and dinner look well, like? Well, it's going to be exclusively whole plant foods without any sugar, oil, salt. So it, depending on the patient, it might be fruit and greens. It might be oatmeal or some combination. It might be corn cereal. It might be uh, steamed vegetables and potatoes. There's, you know, it's a, as wide an option as what foods are available. Uh, some people do better with vegetables and squashes and things like that. Other people like a more concentrated and a lot of it depends on what your activity level is going to be, when you're working out, when your exercise is, what your job is. Um, but it's going to be some version of whole plant foods. If you, Let's say you had oatmeal and fruit in the morning, maybe some flaxseed. You might have a huge salad at lunch. Now, uh, in addition to the salad, you might have some steamed vegetables, some rice or some uh, potatoes. You know you have enough salad when you put the bowl on the table and your friends walk in the room and go, oh, my God. Gosh, you're not going to eat all that, are you? If they react with shock and awe, you're probably okay. If they don't, you need a bigger bowl. And so you have as much salad and steamed vegetables and starches that you can eat. In the evening, let's say you had potatoes at lunch. Maybe you have beans at night along with some more steamed vegetables and another big salad. And so you're going to get a lot of raw and cooked vegetables, a lot of fruit. You're going to get enough complex carbohydrates so you don't get too skinny. Maybe a little bit of nuts and seeds and more concentrated high-fat foods, avocado, but not in huge quantities. But you're not going to be drowning with oil. You're not going to be poisoning it with salt. You're not going to be using refined carbohydrates. There's not going to be any sugar, coffee, alcohol, if you're following our protocol exactly. And, and why no sugar, oil, or salt? Just real well, quick. SOS are chemicals added to the food that artificially stimulate dopamine production in the brain, and it makes people fat and sick. 
Now, some people can eat some of that stuff and not get fat and sick, and they may feel like they're getting away with it, but then it has other effects. For example, sugar. You have five pounds of bacteria that live in your gut. They have, they're a living organism. It's like as big as a liver. They give off waste product. If you feed that, those organisms, say meat, you get TMA, which is trimethylamine oxidase. It becomes TMAO, and you become toxic, and you get problems. Whereas if you feed it, say, underground storage organ vegetables like potatoes and sweet potatoes and soluble fibers, you get fertilizer. So you want the five pounds of organisms living in your gut to make you fertilizer, not to make you toxic waste. One way to do that is to not use the sugar and the chemicals that shift the balance of that microflora to a less favorable bacteria. In oil, like everybody says, but olive oil is good. No, olive oil is not good. It's another highly fractionated seven calorie or nine calorie per gram substance. Instead of eating it, you should just rub it all over your belly and hips where it ends up. And then when you're done, you can wash it off and not carry it around all week. So I saw in a video, it was uh, red blood cells going through the veins. They were going super fast. And then someone had a tablespoon of oil. And Rouleau. Red- yeah, you get Rouleau formation. So the blood cells sludge up. And you might say, well, it only sludges up for an hour or two. But if you're eating that kind of fatty food three times a day, you're spending much of your time with sludged up red blood cells. So perhaps that's not a good idea. So this diet totally freaks people out. And, and when I tell people I've eaten like this, and just so you know, I... I'm not 100%. I'm 90%. Yes. But I have some super sticky duct tape here. And if you need to, I can apply it. Um, You know, there's a couple questions I get. One, it's one, I want to know why do you think there's so much resistance to this diet? And two, always get the protein question and it gets really annoying. What's the best answer? So the answer is that uh, you have trouble doing it because you live in a society designed to give you what you want and you're an addict. So you're addicted to the pleasure trap. If you read our book, The Pleasure Trap, Mastering the Hidden Force that Undermines Health and Happiness, you'll have a complete and detailed explanation about exactly why this is such a difficult transition to make. And the protein question is really not a question. If you look at any standard nutrition text, you break down these diets, which we've done in our cookbook, like the Health Promoting Cookbook. We've broken it down amino acid by amino acid. There is no problem getting enough protein. If you ate nothing but brown rice and broccoli and you didn't have any concentrated source of protein, but you got your 2,000 calories a day, you'd still get 80 grams of protein. There's no problem getting the quality or quantity of protein you need as long as all of your calories come from whole natural foods. But then you got to still add B12 or D. The one thing you do have to add on this diet, because you're not eating meat on our diet, you don't get the feces contamination of meat. Therefore, you're not getting the bacterial contamination, which means you're not getting the primary source of B12. So without all that feces in your diet, you need to get a reliable source of B12. The simplest way to do that is to take 1,000 micrograms of methylcobalamin a day. It's a simple supplement. You can get a vegan capsule or use it as a liquid. It's, it's not a limiting factor, but it does prevent the long-term problem from not getting adequate B12 in the diet because you, you're washing and peeling because you don't want worms and parasites. Now, you know, it's interesting. People living in cultures where they eat a lot of food out of the ground, they're not quite as fastidious with their hygiene. They do get a lot of worms and parasites, but they don't get B12 deficiency. Because B12 comes only from bacteria. I love this because it is so different than all of my interviews where we talk about goal setting. And I mean, I just want to start asking more about you. What's the best thing about what you do? Oh, I love my job because I work with everybody else's best patients. They're highly motivated, self-selected people. Now, sometimes they're driven by pain, debility, and fear of death because that's frankly the best motivator of all. When people are in agonizing pain, they want to just blow their brains out because their life sucks. They're willing to do anything, even eat good or exercise or go to bed on time. It doesn't seem so overwhelming if you're facing death and debility and pain. So a lot of our patients, frankly, originally are driven by pain, debility, and fear of death. But 
once you get well, you, you face a little bit of a problem, which is, well, I'm better now. <laughs> Why do I have to keep having this discipline to do the right thing? And if you do it long enough, you get to the point where you feel so good, you're not willing to give that up. And you can tell the difference, even eating a little bit of this and that. It's not that it's going to make you sick. It's that you don't like, you lose your edge. You lose your function, your sharpness. Most competitive athletes understand the difference between, yeah, feeling okay and feeling good. And they know if they don't get quite enough sleep or if they don't maintain their appropriate workout, or if they do too much, you know, they, they lose their edge. Well, it's the same thing with diet. Once you get used to eating a plant-based SOS-free diet, or it's whole plant foods that doesn't have any of this, other, you don't want to give it up. You yeah, like it. It's painful. Now, going to restaurants with my friends, it's just right. a nightmare. But since 93% of all calories consumed by people in the United States is either animal foods, meat, fish, fallings, or dairy products, or highly processed pleasure trap chemicals, there's only 7% of food coming from real food now. And of that, a third of its potatoes mostly served as French fries or potato chips. Fruits and vegetables no longer make a statistically significant percentage of the diet of people living in the United States. It's the decoration on the plate. We have abandoned Whole Foods. All we're going to any grocery store and walk around, you got a few federally subsidized grains like corn, wheat, and soy smashed together with oil, salt, and sugar. That's what people are eating. And along with the dead, decaying flesh and the processed foods. There is very little Whole food. That's why when you go to a restaurant, Oh my gosh, there's nothing on the menu. You have to make a special deal with the chef to actually get you some whole food, which you can do. And you ask them to bring you out a big platter of steamed vegetables and a couple of baked potatoes and some salad. It's not that it can't be done, but they're just like amazed because that nobody ever wants to eat actual healthy food. And that's also why doctors never find people getting well. None of their patients get well with a lot of these conditions. It's why people with obesity rarely are able to lose their weight and keep it off. In fact, if you're overweight and you go to a doctor and you've lost a bunch of weight, the doctor doesn't think, oh, good on you, mate. You've adopted a whole food plant-based diet. No, they think, oh my gosh, you have cancer. You are a drug addict or you're developing an eating disorder because that's the only experience they have of people losing weight and keeping it off. People that develop eating disorders become drug addicts or dying from cancer or AIDS. He's extreme, but this man has actually helped a lot of people. So what's the best advice you can give to people who go to the grocery store and they want to eat healthy? You want to pick out the few whole foods that are available. So you go over to the produce department, you get your fruits, you get your vegetables. You try to find uh, some bulk bins that have some preferably organically grown whole grains. We focus on the non-glutinous grains. So, you know, things like oats and quinoa and corn and rice. Uh, find maybe some beans if you can digest beans like lentils or peas, whether you sprout them or you cook them or you make them into soups. Um, find yourself some nice uh, small quantities of organically grown raw nuts, seeds, maybe some pumpkin seeds or sunflower seeds, and then get yourself a copy of one of the three vegan SOS-free cookbooks that are out there, which is either the Health Promoting Cookbook, the Bravo Cookbook, or Straight Up Cooking by um, Kathy. And uh, Make yourself some really delicious foods. Overcome the fact that you're going to go through a little withdrawal because there's no salt, oil, or sugar initially. Be patient. And then you're going to find yourself not only getting leaner and meaner and healthier and happier, uh, but you'll be pissing everybody else you know off. In fact, that's one of the other side effects is you become a bit of a social outcast because as you lose weight and they don't, they get kind of upset with you. Um, I'd love for you to tell me just a really quick story of, of an, someone's experience here that you find amusing. Oh, I don't know about amusing. I find it very exciting to watch people come in. They're absolutely convinced. For example, I'll give you an example. I had a gentleman who was, um, we'd become a fully covered medical benefit for one of the big labor unions. And these are crane operators. These are hardworking guys. 
but aren't necessarily educated about, you know, vegan food or any of that kind of stuff. And so this guy was diabetic, hypertensive, and grossly overweight. He had, like, carried a keg around on his belly, you know, just huge. And he's on a number of medications, and his blood pressure had gotten so high, despite his multiple medications, they, they wouldn't let him work, wouldn't run, operate the craniums. You know, 240 over 140, out, out, outrageous. So he came in as a part of the union benefit, fully covered, no cost. But when he showed up at the True North Health Center, he said, oh, I think I'm in the wrong place. I said, no, you're, you're in the right place. I got your name on my notes. He says, oh, no, I, I think I'm in the wrong place. I said, no, you're here to get well. He says, no, that's not me. I'm not sick. I said, well, you certainly are sick. You're diabetic, hypertensive, you're obese. And I said, and if you're not careful, you're going to die. And he said, yeah, well, don't we all have to die? I said, well, yeah, we all have to die. But I said, I thought I'd take a different tact. I said, look, you're on all these medications. You're spending $880 a month on drugs. If we get you healthy, you may not need the drugs. And he said, what do I care? The union pays for my drugs. At this point, I realized this is not my normal, self-selected, highly motivated patient. And I was thinking about what could I do to help him understand he needs to make a change. And I thought about, well, the most common side effect in men that are diabetic hypertensive on a lot of meds is impotence. And I said, you know, if we get you off all these drugs, we might be able to do something about your little problem. <laughs> and he starts to stand up and I'm thinking, uh-oh, because I mean, this is a big guy, okay? His neck's a lot bigger than my thigh. And he says, well, why the hell didn't you just say so? I said, oh, so we got his attention. So it turns out in his diet diary, what he lived on was triple cheeseburgers, but without the lettuce. If they made a mistake and put lettuce on it, he would lift the bun up, remove that, and throw it away because it was disgusting. So we thought, well, before we start fasting this guy, we're going to feed him a bit of real food. We put him real food, but he couldn't eat. He was like, <coughs> he's like spitting and choking. I'm thinking, oh my God, did we miss a tumor or something? Because he can't seem to swallow the whole natural foods we gave him. And I, I said, it looks like you're having trouble with the food. And he said, what food? This is not food. He said, this is disgusting. I can't eat tasteless swill like this. If I have to eat food like this, I'd rather just die. He said, why don't you go out to my truck, get my 12 gauge. When I'm not looking, just shoot me in the head. So we checked him in. So he ended up fasting 26 days. He lost 40 pounds. He normalized his blood pressure and blood sugar. And then we're back feeding him afterwards. Only now he's eating the food. I said, oh, it looks like you're doing better with the food now. He says, yeah, your damn chef's finally getting the hang of it. Took 20 minutes to convince him it was the same food we tried to feed him when he came in. But it was so disgusting, he wouldn't have complied for a single meal. Now, after doing this fasting, the food actually was acceptable to him. Six months later, I saw him at a semi-annual. I asked him how he was doing. He said, he's doing just fine. <laughs> uh, he's holding up his hand high, so you all know what that means. That's awesome. I love that story. Okay, we're down to the quick and dirty. So books about this sort of diet so people can get more into it. Well, my favorite book is a book called The Pleasure Trap, Mastering the Hidden Force that Undermines Health and Happiness. I think it's outstanding. It does a great job. Um, another excellent book is T. Colin Campbell's book, The China Study. And he builds a pretty good case about why a plant-based diet might make logical sense to try to implement as fully as possible. Dr. McDougall has nine best-selling books. You can read anything by Dr. McDougall, and that's going to be good. Dr. Dean Ornish has published some outstanding books on the reversal of cardiovascular disease. And there's, you know, a lot of other materials out there. If you go to our website at healthpromoting.com, we have a whole list of written materials that are available. There's also excellent videos out now 
a whole host of videos that are available, also listed on the website. That are, a lot of them are freely available. You can download What the Health on Netflix right now, along with the other 20 million people that have looked at it, and you know, get a pretty good education and overview. So what's the funniest thing that's happened since What the Health? Like people, the, the movie What the Health, let's just back up for those who haven't seen it, What the Health comes here. It's a documentary on basically plant-based eating and um, well, they did. It. One thing that was interesting is they filmed. They came. They had finished the movie, and then they came back. They had filmed. They had interviewed myself and Dr. Clapper and other people uh, all around the country. But they wanted to get some more case examples. They felt that it enhanced the movie, so they came back and they said, "Could they interview some of our patients?" I said, "Sure, I don't care. Interview whoever you want." So they interviewed some of our patients. Well, after the movie came out and it became successful, they started putting other people started putting disinformation out on it. And one of the things they said was, oh, it's all phony. All those people are paid actors, and I, which I found very humorous. Because to think all these years I've been practicing all this time, unbeknownst to me, all my patients apparently were paid actors. I got patients calling up saying, hey, how come they didn't get paid? They didn't know that we had paid. So I'm but walking But do people in, recognize you now? I was in Las Vegas. I had given a talk at some health conference. I was just walking on the street. And two different people came up to me and said, hey, you're Dr. Cowpuss. Because apparently I made a comment in the movie that milk was like cow pus because there's 750,000 pus cells legally allowed in any, you know, CCM milk. So I was telling people, it's, you know, drinking milk is like finding a festering wound in a cow, sticking a straw in it and, and sucking. I mean, you know, what can you say? So apparently that's what they remember from the movie, though, is the, the Dr. Cow pus. I love that. What's the best advice you've ever been given? The best advice that I've been given is that, that health is a result of healthful living. And that healthful living means controlling diet, sleep, and exercise. And, you know, that's what we try to implement every day. The other th good advice I got was from my father. My father, who was a math teacher and had been married for 68 years, told me the secret to a successful marriage. And so I try to, you know, people that are interested, I'll share his advice, which was all you have to do to have a successful marriage is understand the math of marriage. As a math teacher, we saw everything mathematically. And he said, the math of marriage is very simple. Women are right about 90% of the time, and men are right not so much. So if the man always does what his wife says, he'll be right at least 90% of the time. And if you get 90% right, you get an A. And so in order to implement this, the other part of it is you have to know the two magic words of a successful marriage. Yes, dear. But you can't say it in a bad way. You have to say it so the person believes you. So you have to practice it. But if you can say it each and every time, you're guaranteed to be right at least 90% of the time. And in my case, I've been married for over 30 years, and my wife's a 95%er, so it's really easy. That's great advice. How, how have you been able to maintain the same vision of this place for 30 years? I meet a lot of CEOs, and they change their vision, but this vision is, is the same for 30 years. Well, I think we were fortunate enough to come up with a model that actually was based on reality. And so it's not, it wasn't always popular, it wasn't always acceptable, but it was real. And what we've been doing at the True North Health Center is not just trying to implement it, but actually to do the research to document the safety and efficacy of what we're doing. For people that are interested, they can go to our website, they can read our studies. We've done a good job of actually showing that it's both safe and effective. That's awesome. 
any advice, you know, it's, it's coming up to the new year. People are setting resolutions. Just one piece of advice you could leave people with. Yeah, the best time to start is actually before all this holiday nonsense because that's the, where people engage in short-term pleasure-seeking, self-indulgent behavior. So if you can get through the holidays, then everybody you know will be fat, sick, and miserable, and they'll be trying to do what you're doing already. So it's a good thing to get started before, not after the holidays. Okay, well, I don't know when this is going to come out, but we'll do our best to put this up before the holidays. Dr. Goldhammer, thank you so much. It's, it's my pleasure. It's a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this show. To see studies and get more information on True North Health and look at the research and articles of people who've gone there, go to healthpromoting.com. So I get a couple questions when I talk about fasting, so I'm just going to answer them right here. Is it hard? Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. This was my second fast, though, and I prepared, so... Before I did the fast, I cut out coffee, alcohol, a few weeks before so I didn't experience any withdrawals. And then two days before the fast, I just ate only fruits and veggies so that there was nothing nasty in my system while I was fasting. What do you do when you're there? Well, you stay in a nice apartment room and everyone's on site. So doctors check on you twice a day and you can go to lectures about fasting, diet, and health. You also can go to cooking classes which sounds totally counterintuitive because you're fasting and looking at food, but it works. The chefs there teach you how to cook without salt, oil, and sugar, and they're amazing. There's a lot of people who come in there and they try to convince the chefs to become their own personal chefs. They're just that good. So some of the things they teach you are things like stir frying with veggie broth or using parchment paper to bake potatoes and other things. One of the things you try to do the most is rest. You try to rest from technology and activity so your body can focus on healing. While I was there, there were people fasting for 20, 30, and 40 days. So for me, fasting for five and talking to them seemed pretty easy. They were working on all kinds of things from reducing high blood pressure to autoimmune conditions, lymphoma, obesity, and just overall health. This was actually my second fast, so it wasn't as hard as the first one. Did you get hungry? Well, yeah, I did get hungry, and many people say that day five or six, they stopped being hungrier, but I definitely did get hungrier every day, and I didn't sleep great on night three and four, but as again, it was my second fast, and overall, it was easier. What did I notice? Well, I noticed my tongue turned white on day four, and I had really little energy at the end. How did you refeed? Refeeding is as important as fasting. They recommend you stay for half the time you fasted to refeed. So for a 10-day fast, you actually need to stay for 15 days with five of those days just introducing food back into your system slowly. My first day of meals, mostly fruit juice, veggie juice, and watermelon chunks. It took a long time to eat them, but as soon as I did, I started to begin to regain my strength immediately. It took me a full 36 hours, though, of just pure eating before I could go on an appropriate run again. Three days later of just eating regular fruits, veggies, healthy food, I recorded one of my fastest 5K times ever. I lost about 10 pounds in five days. Another woman who weighed a lot more than me lost 20 pounds in the same time. I was able to regain half my weight back pretty fast. I noticed a few things. So getting up in the morning now is really easy. My skin is very clear. My eyes are clear. You can see the whites perfectly. 
I feel like all my systems are working and the autoimmune condition I've been dealing with called vitiligo is really clearing up. Do you eat a salt, oil, sugar-free, mostly plant-based diet? I'd say about 90% of the time I do. Sometimes it's more like 85% of the time. My breakfast is usually steel-cut oats with berries and nuts and some plant-based milk. Lunch is usually a huge salad with greens, and I'll blend an avocado with lemons and apple cider vinegar for dressing or have some other greens and maybe a sweet potato. Dinner is often a baked sweet potato with squash, beans, greens, some sort of guacamole without salt. And I'm not perfect, but I just do my best. If you have more questions, the best way to reach me is now to write a comment in the show notes of this website. Just go to wildideasworthliving.com and under the notes, there's a place to comment. I'll gladly answer as many of your questions as possible. You can also try emailing me, but the show notes is really where I'll be able to respond to the most questions. I hope you enjoyed this show. We'll be doing another show about health with expert Dr. Rhonda Patrick from Found My Fitness podcast next year. In the meantime, I hope you're having a great week yourself. Next week, we have on Olympian Kelly Clark, the most winning snowboarder of all time, going for her fifth Olympics. It's a great show. Wherever you are in the world, don't forget some of the best adventures often happen when you follow your wildest ideas. We'll see you next week. 